What would an alliance between the ACC and the Pac-12 mean for Utah? We're talking about it on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, want to thank all of you guys who could choose to subscribe and support our show. You guys can hit us up in the YouTube comments. Also, you can follow me at JT Wistersill. My name is JT Wistersill, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. You guys can also follow and hit us up at the show at Locked On Utes on Twitter. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment matter more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. On today's show, we're talking all things Utah and Pac-12 and ACC merger, what could potentially shake out from there. Also a little bit on what conference Utah should want to join. And we'll close on something on Utah basketball. And in order to help me cover all of that, it's friend of the show and Ute Zone contributor, Dante Guardi. And Dante, when talk about what would this alliance mean with the ACC and the Pac-12, what would it mean for Utah? I think it'd be a really good thing, honestly. Now, here's the thing we got to say. All these alliance things... What do they actually mean? Because last year it was, or two years ago, I should say, it was August 2021, I believe, um, was around that time or just somewhere in that time frame that the Pac-12, the Big Ten, and the ACC all made an alliance just for the Big Ten to absolutely stab the Pac-12 in the back and take USC and UCLA. So it shows you how like hardcore these alliances or agreements can be. But who knows? Maybe this one would actually be a little bit stronger, but... I think when you're talking about it for Utah, I think an alliance would be a really good thing because it means more high-profile games. Look, there's some really good teams in the ACC when you talk about Clemson, when you talk about Florida State, how their program's on the rise too. I think it'd be a really smart move for Utah in the conference overall to partner up with someone else as the SEC and the Big Ten just pull further away. I think it makes a lot of sense for the Pac-12 and the ACC to come together. And I think it'd be a really good thing for Utah to get more of these really prominent games. Could you imagine a week one game between Utah and Clemson? I mean, that would be incredible. Yeah, most definitely. And I mean, the ACC's got some fun places to go to as well. Florida State, Clemson, Virginia Tech, all those stadiums would be fantastic to open the season or play a non-conference game at. And then going back to that August 2020, 2021 um, alliance that was formed, I mean, in that time frame, Utah never even scheduled a home and home or anything with any of those teams from whether it was the Big Ten or the ACC. You know, you look at the future and there are some really exciting matchups that are currently scheduled, such as Arkansas, Baylor next year, Houston on the docket as well. So, I mean, there are some big time games coming up over the course of the next few years. Um, And the Pac-12 didn't do anything when they actually had that alliance in place to make amends or make anything out of it with the Big Ten or the ACC. But with the ACC, I would be really excited about this merger just because the Pac-12 needs to needs to make up some ground on the Big Ten, on the SEC, if these teams really are going to make a splash um, on the national scene and make the college ball playoff, whatever it might be. Keep in mind, the Pac-12 hasn't had a playoff team um, since Washington did it in 2016 when they went 12-1, uh, and one, won the conference, and ended up losing to Alabama team. But I think it would be, sort of be a really good opportunity just for Utah to kind of keep their name um, in the national scene, kind of uh, keeping keeping up and – having these big games week in and week out, kind of similar to how last year was. And if we're able to have a season schedule wise, that was very similar to last year, how this year is going to be, it would be really fun, you know, and then not to mention, like we said, those uh, spectacular scenes, those spectacular venues that the ACC has to offer, such as 
um, Virginia Tech opening night when they're blasting Anderson Sandman. You know, it doesn't get better than that. Obviously, Clemson, Dabo running down the hill, all that fun stuff. And then um, the Doke over at Florida State is one of the best venues in college football. So that would be a, a really fun trip to go out to any of those three places. Even more, I love college football. And, and the more the more I get to see Utah play quality teams in the non-conference, the more I get to see them boost their resume and really show us what the team's all about, the more I like it. So I'm all in. Absolutely. And I can't even imagine what the Utah social media department would be able to do if Utah was able to beat Clemson with some of the fun Dabo stuff they'd be able to (laughs) make out of that. It'd be really cool to see. Um, One of the things where this all comes from, by the way, is Sideline Sports Network um, posted something from Forbes. So Forbes reports the following. The Pac-12's media negotiations and talks are likely to resume between the Pac-12 and ACC regarding partnership known as the APAC, the Atlantic Pacific Athletic Conference. Both conferences believe the merger would lead to great media deal in four years' time and would be in favor of seeing the two conferences merge together. We talked about strengthening up. I think one thing that's really interesting, if you, if you guys go over to Sideline Sports Network, where I just read this report from Forbes of, is they lay out a map of kind of the Pac-12 and the ACC. One thing I find very interesting is that they did decide to include SMU and San Diego State on here, which does make a lot of sense, right? That, that if it's still called the Pac-12 merging, you want to get back up to 12 teams. We know that SMU and San Diego State are the most likely potential options. And I think there's a lot of excitement there too. So it makes a lot of sense that the Pac-12 would want to add those two teams. And I think it'd be great for them to stay at 12 if they were going to merge and have similar numbers to the amount of schools that the ACC has too, Dante. Yeah, I mean, I'm not exactly sure what the, all the intricate details of the merger are. Like, would would mm-hmm. they actually just make one super conference or would it be yeah. two separate things that kind of like play each other every now and then and kind of like keep each other up type of thing. Like how would it actually go about? I'm not really, I'm not really hundred percent sure. Yeah. I think the main thing with it from the sounds of it, just from this report, right. See like the, when talking about a merger, maybe it would be then if they called it the APAC, let's say that's the two separate, like, like how PAC 12 North PAC 12 South, the APAC would have right. the West region and the East region. And then I think the champion would just play each other together. I think that's potentially how it could look, but It'll be interesting to see how it does all shake out. I think when we we mentioned a couple of the programs that just make it exciting when we talk about the ACC, I think especially, too, um, when we're talking about this, we're talking about basketball, too, and the ACC is a powerhouse when it comes to basketball. You get Duke. You get North Carolina as well. Louisville's down this year. They're usually a little better. We know Syracuse yeah. can be good. Pitt, Virginia winning a national championship not long ago. Florida State's down. They can be good. But for football, basketball, and all sports, I mean, the ACC does a good job in the other sports, too, I feel like. That's the one thing where, you know, Pac-12 is conference of champions because they do well in the other side sports. I feel like the ACC does a good job in those as well. So I do think it'd be fun, not just for the benefit of football, but I think there are other sports, too, Dante. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, I'd love to see uh, Utah go up and play Duke or North Carolina up in Chapel Hill or um, down in Cameron Indoor or something like that. That'd be incredible. That'd be a lot of fun to watch, you know, especially with Utah basketball. Slowly but surely uh, making its way back up to uh, yep, trending upwards. Not too long. Or trending upwards, obviously a little bit of a ways to go, but trending yeah. upwards is what matters. And, you know, Duke and UNC, we're not we're acting like those two are having spectacular years when they really aren't. So, I mean, they may be down the line, maybe in the near, the near future. Hopefully it will be really cool to see Utah go up and play couple of those powerhouse teams up in the ACC. But overall, man, I mean, this is just – I feel like it, it's a – there's no downsides to this move. Like, if it were to actually happen, I don't really see a downside with it. You know, the Pac-12 needs to get desperate. They need to make a move. Mm-hmm. They need to do something to get outside of the box and put themselves at a level level playing field with the Big Ten or the SEC. And it's like, as much as I would have loved to just keep the Pac-12 how it was, keep it at 12, USC and UCLA, don't leave, as great as that would have been – that's simply just not the reality anymore. And we kind of just have to accept that. We kind of just have to move on and just hope that Utah can make a move to keep the trajectory going. You know, the worst thing that could happen were to be if Utah football were to slow down um, on this incredible path due to something that they can't even control. 
that would be the biggest bummer out of them all. So the Pac-12 needs to do something. They need, they, they're getting desperate. They need to do something. They need to somehow find a way to get their their schools on the same playing field as USC, UCLA, and these other these other big-time conferences that have been dominating um, college sports over the past few years. And I feel like the ACC is kind of in a similar position. So it, it makes all it makes all the sense in the world, man. Like there's no downside to this move. I think um, it'll keep both conferences in check. I think it'll give both conferences opportunities to win big games it'll give them big tv games i mean everything possible with this move um from a financial point of view i think kind of checks out and i think would work out but the thing is if they were to actually merge the conferences together i don't see a place for san diego state and smu if it's going to be the 10 pack 12 teams and the 14 acc teams fine by me because then utah could play like a nine game conference season play 10 per play seven teams from the pac 12 play two teams from the acc Something like that. Like I said, I'm not 100% sure what all the details are. Yeah. But if they're actually going to merge the Pac-12 and the ACC and actually put them together in one conference and make it or make it the APAC or whatever, whatever they might call it, then I don't see a place for San Diego State or SMU. If they're going to make it the Pac-12 and keep it completely separate and they're going to add two teams, by all means, go ahead, add SMU, add San Diego State. But like in terms of this big conference, there's not really a place for them. Utah has seven or nine other teams that they could play in the Pac-12 yeah. and San Diego State and SMU aren't better than most of those teams. You know, it would, it would, it would decrease Utah's value with their resume year in and year out. Whereas if they were to just keep it at the 10 and Utah were to play two teams from the ACC every year, I think that would be a lot, a lot better than playing two ACC teams and then playing SMU and San Diego State and only playing five teams out of the Washingtons, the Oregons, the UC, or I mean, the Washingtons, the Oregons, Oregon State, teams like that, who have actually been playing very well lately, better, but better by a long shot than SDSU and SMU are. So that's where I stand on it. I, I, I do think that this would be a good move overall and would offer Utah some really nice opportunities to get some big wins and, and stay relevant on the national scene as we've seen Utah do over the past four or five years, obviously only having being ranked, only missing out on the rankings one time Mm -hmm. since 2014 is a really, really big accomplishment, excluding the COVID year. So, I mean, Utah's up there. And at this point, it's just mainly just keeping the boat afloat and making sure the Pac-12 doesn't crumble and Utah comes falling down with it. You know, Utah's just got to find a way to stay afloat and make sure that everything that is outside of their control won't mess them up because where the program is at right now is much better than any other point it's been. So as long as we can just keep this trajectory trajectory going, um, I'm all for this move. And I think it could offer some really nice, really nice games and really nice wins for Utah. Mm-hmm. I think it makes some great points, especially if you look at the short term, right? SMU, San Diego State, they won't boost it. I do think long-term there's a chance those programs could get up to snuff, right? I think no one ever thought Utah would win a Pac-12 championship, and here we are now. So I do, And I do think I also love having a stronger foothold in Texas with SMU. Look, you're never going to be as big as the Big 12 down there or obviously the SEC now with Texas and Oklahoma, but I still think just having some access to the resources in the Dallas area because there are some incredible athletes out there. We know what a good state California is too. I think having a stronger presence there, especially one in San Diego dominating that market with a school, I think would be big long-term for the conference too, but definitely in the short term. and And those rebuilds do take some time like to get up to that level i think sometimes jumping up to a power five conference is a nice boost for a team and you can see them trying to start to trend and get upwards to that level but it does take time and they're talking about this alliance being a four-year thing i don't expect smu and san diego state to be competing kind of in that four-year time so it just makes it interesting where everything lines up in all the craziness that is alliances realignment and everything but we're both on the same page this alliance with the acc would absolutely be a good thing for the pac-12 and hopefully they make it happen because it'd lead to a lot of fun games for utah we're going to come back in a second and talk about a little bit more about conferences what conference that utah should want to join overall if they just had their pick and could go to any one of them we're going to touch on that in a moment but first i want to talk to you guys about our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. 
The midway point of the NBA season is here. Now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to the point scored and threes drain. You guys can also include, like I said, the money lines in there, player points, rebounds, assists, and so many exclusive bets, like a two times three, two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment matter more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, Dante. Come back in to take a look at this, and as we said, we're going to shift on and talk about what conference should Utah want to join. So if Utah was, let's just say they're a free agent, they can pick any conference they want to go to a ministry alignment. Let's assume they're wanted by everyone. I think for me, if I could put Utah in any conference, I would want Utah to go to the Big Ten because the Big Ten and the SEC are the two that feel like they're the most stable right now, right, going forward. In a perfect world, I want Utah to stay in the Pac-12. But as you touched on last segment, we don't live in that anymore. USC and UCLA changed things when they left. And obviously, we're seeing the position the Pac-12 is in with their media rights negotiations. I hope it doesn't get as bad as I on for those of you guys who listened to our episode yesterday with Spencer McLaughlin. But if I could pick Utah in any conference or if I was Utah's athletic director and president, I would be trying to find a way to get them into the Big Ten right now, whether that's in the short term or in a couple of years down the road if we see two super conferences eventually form. Yeah, I'm, my take on this is a little bit different. It's not even about Utah. It's I'm just sending USC and UCLA back to the Pac-12 and Texas and Oklahoma back to the SC, or back to the Big 12. I mean, those are the moves that really just broke me, honestly. And at this point, it's like we all got to move on. So, I mean, if, if I really had all the power in the world to do what I wanted, that would be my first course of action with hesitation. But obviously, that can't be the case. So, if I were to have a say in where Utah were to go – um, it would be the SEC 100%. And right. I say that because, I mean, we went to Florida last year and I got a taste of SEC country for, for the first time. And I absolutely loved it. I could not imagine right. what that's like having that type of experience every single weekend when it comes to the pregame, the actual game itself, the atmosphere. Everything about SEC football is fantastic. The Big Ten has its moments as well, but like it's just not as much of an entertaining conference, simply put. You know, you got Minnesota there who's only scoring 17 points per game. All their games are really low scoring. Purdue's kind of similar, not so much two years ago, but last year, Iowa. their defense was a little bit lower. Yeah, Iowa, Wisconsin. Maybe Wisconsin will change now with Luke Fickle, but yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of these teams that are just kind of hanging out there, and then the SEC, you're going to get a really competitive team every single weekend. Like, even some of these teams that were 6-6, six and six, you know, those rosters were not bad. Anthony Richardson, Florida was 6-7. and seven. He might be the first overall pick in the NFL draft. Will Levis, his team was 6-6, six and right. six, might be the first overall pick in the NFL draft. So, I mean, even when these teams – are not that great on the record sheet. They still have talent. Each week is going to be an absolute dogfight. I would love to see Utah in that conference. I think it would really get the players excited. I think it would get the coaches excited and overall just boost the overall morale of the program and say Utah were to struggle for those first couple of years, which wouldn't shock me. Um, That third year, you pick up a couple of big wins. You get some wins on the recruiting trail. Next thing you know, the program's off and running and you're competing with everyone else. You know, So I think the SEC would be the best possible position, but that likely won't happen. Um, but if I had to, if I had to say in it at all, I would definitely pick the SEC just because those atmospheres, that, that whole scene is just, just completely unmatched in the talent in that conference top to bottom is unreal. And Utah would have a spectacular game week in and week out, regardless of who they play in that conference, except for probably like Vanderbilt, but the rest of the teams are all up there in talent, all up there in coaching. So it would be a really fun time to see Utah in the SEC, in my opinion. It would be really fun. And I think you did a really good job selling me on a little more too, because just, I think maybe, maybe it's because we've already had two PAC 12 schools go to the big 10. The big 10 to me just feels like such a natural fit. Maybe just because of that, because as you mentioned, I think the sec does provide 
a real, excuse me, a really exciting challenge with how potent a lot of those teams are. It's still the premier conference in college football, as much as I hate saying that, because I know SEC fans love to tell themselves that 24 seven, but it provides a lot either way. I think if Utah was in the big 10 or the SEC, they'd be setting themselves up for great success. So those are clearly the one, two, because I assume your second would be the big 10 then, correct? Yeah. I think that the Utes actually have a better chance to win in the big 10 than the SEC. I agree. They would actually find a lot of success there, but personally, like, I'm looking at the long term, you know, like sure the first couple of years in the Big Ten will probably be better than the first couple of years in the SEC. But like I think that Utah would really find themselves wanting to step up to the plate and hit a home run against the SEC. I, I could find them really finding some juice and just kind of branching off like the little wins that they get over the first couple of years and just turning those into like huge things and huge factors and winning recruits down south and still having the recruiting trail out west working. Like I think there's a lot of different moving parts that could actually end up um, contributing to a really high level move. Whereas, like I said, the big 10 probably like more win now, probably a little bit more, um, more easy and a little bit less competitive, but the SEC, I think that the the ceiling and the overall long-term um, competitiveness of this football, football program would go up higher in the SEC and the overall just like hype surrounding Utah would be a lot, a lot more. Okay. So yeah, we're on the same page there. Like I said, I was big 10, then SEC, your SEC, then big 10. Then we get into yeah. the other three power five conferences. So you get the ACC, the Pac-12 and the big 12. For me, just because of the way the stability is right now, we were already talking about the merger. If Utah could, I would say they should go to the ACC right now. I feel like the ACC is in a stable position. I feel like it'd be really good for the ACC as a brand to add kind of the power four the, or the main four cornerstones of the Pac-12 right now. I think that would really greatly benefit them too. So I think to me, the ACC makes the most sense if you're looking to go into another conference. After that, I would say stay in the pack, honestly. And I think a lot of people would say, well, the Big 12 already has their media deal. And look, I have zero problem for people who do that. I was just on Locked On Big 12 last week uh, talking about all the pros and cons there. I don't think any of these options is a bad option for Utah. I just currently don't know how much of a better position Utah is just going from the Pac-12 to the Big 12. I just feel like the ACC is just very naturally going to slide into whatever the future of college football is versus I can... And look, maybe we do just head to two super conferences, right? And it's just the Big Ten and the SEC. But I could see the ACC teams just really being absorbed kind of easily into the Big Ten and the SEC versus, while I think that'll still happen with the Big 12 teams, I think some of them could potentially get left behind. And once again, all Utah has to do to be involved in the future of college football is continue to win and prove they're one of the best programs. But just for what conference they would want to be in, I think there's a lot of fun and exciting matchups in the ACC. Second, I would go with stay in the pack and keep what they already have. I think the media rights deal, the uncertainty there is the only reason the Pac-12 is second and not first for me. And then last, I'd go the Big 12 just because while there are great options and there's lots of exciting things the Big 12 can provide, I would just at that point rather stay in the pack because as I said, I feel like the ACC is in the best position of this group to be absorbed into the future in the pac 12. It's like, well, you're already in the same place as this or a similar position to the big 12, at least to me. Yeah. I'm actually going to change my, my first answer. I'm going to switch uh, the big, big 10 to the third and I'm going to put the pac 12 at second. Oh, okay. I, I love the pac 12 personally. I, like, so. I, I love the pac 12. Like it would, it would, it would really, really kill me if the pac 12 were to just disaffiliate. So I, I mean, I'm willing for Utah to throw the kitchen sink at just keeping keeping the Pac-12 afloat and really just buying into Utah, Washington, and Oregon being the future of this conference, maybe Oregon State too. I mean, they've had some really good years lately, and Jonathan Smith has worked wonders there given the talent that they've brought in. So, I mean, maybe if they're able to get some steam on the recruiting trail, they could turn into a perennial contender yeah. in the conference too and offer a fourth fourth elite team. But as long as Utah, Oregon, and Washington all kind of stay together and kind of keep each other in check, make sure that they're all just like playing good football like year in and year out. I mean, I think as soon as – one of them kind of has a year where they're going seven and five, six and six, two years in a row, then things will kind of start falling apart. But as long as those three schools can stay around that 10 win mark, stay ranked, keep giving the conference good teams, 
then I think the Pac-12 could actually be set up for some some moderate success, honestly, because, I mean, if Utah's able to keep scheduling non-conference like they have, like I said, you got Arkansas, you got Baylor, you got Houston, you got LSU down the line as well. I mean, these are some top-tier non-conference games that Utah is scheduling, and if they're able to keep that, keep up, keep up with that, while also playing a little bit of a weaker conference schedule, but still having the Oregons and the Washingtons opportunities to pick up a couple of big wins year in and year out. I mean, if Utah is able to win four ranked games a year, then they're, they're, they're set in the clear. You know, four ranked wins is right where you want to be. If Utah is able to win the conference too, I mean, people are acting like if Utah stays in the Pac-12, they have a 0% chance to ever make the college ball playoffs, which is just yeah, insanely true. false. If anything, it's easier because they're playing worse yeah. teams throughout the year. Like if you go undefeated in a Power 5 conference, regardless of what the current state of college football looks like, whether you're playing in the ACC, Pac-12, you're, you're making the playoff. So as long as Utah goes undefeated, they're making the playoff. And even if – even one with loss, one loss – 2019. Exactly, man. Exactly. Happen. I mean, the, the chances have been there. The chances have been there. Even with one loss in this new conference, the, the, the college football playoff is still in, in play. I mean, you're 12-1 and one with four ranked wins, being Washington, Oregon, and then a couple of other solid non-conference teams, whoever it might be. I mean, that's that's a playoff resume right there. So, I mean, people are acting like USC and UCLA leaving is going to like it, it, it's going to destroy the conference more in terms of just overall reputation than it will the actual conference itself. People are overreacting this by yeah, miles. UCLA has never won the Pac-12. UCLA has never won the Pac-12. They made it to the conference championship, I think, nine years ago when they had Brett Hundley. And after that, they haven't done anything. USC won the conference, I think, in 2017 was the last time they did it when they had Sam Darnold. I mean, and since then, they went five and seven. That one year, they had JT Daniels. They went four and eight two years ago. And now all of a sudden, they bought all their players and they're back to they're back to prominence. But like, we're not we're acting like these programs have been so elite and just carrying the Pac-12 when that's simply just downright false. You know, Washington's made the playoff. Utah has gotten really close to make it. Got really close to make the playoffs in 2019. They've made the last two Rose Bowls and they've made the last four conference championships that they've had an opportunity to make. You know, Utah has been carrying the Pac-12 South on its back for the last five seasons and hasn't gotten any respect. And all of a sudden, USC and UCLA, even all of a sudden, it's, oh, the Pac-12 is dead. Not even close. The Pac-12 is going to be fine as long as the the higher-ups and the people that have control of the money just be civil with it. They can't – I mean, they, they just can't make a bad decision. They can't do anything to really put the conference in jeopardy because that's where things go south. I like the move with that, they, that they're thinking about making with the ACC because it's, it's, it's still thinking outside of the box – but there's also so many more pros and cons with it. And it helps out the schools first. It helps out Utah. It helps out Oregon. It helps out Washington. Getting them these um, these staple, really elite wins early in the year to kind of set themselves up for success and get a spot in the college football playoff. So, I mean, personally, I like the Pac-12. Uh, I hope that it does stay intact uh, as much as it might not. But we'll see. Um, so I'll say SEC first, Pac-12 second, Big Ten third. And then I'll go... I'll go ACC just because I think that there's a lot more freedom in the recruiting yeah. department when you go to the ACC rather than you're just going next door to the Big 12. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like those are extremely elite places to be grabbing college players outside of the state of Texas. It's yeah. pretty pretty average, I'd say, whereas you go to the ACC. I mean, Florida, Utah already recruits very well out of Florida, but I think that they'd be able to take that next jump if they were to go there and really just pound that state and just get – the absolute best players out of it like they already have kind of been doing recently, but even to a bigger extent, which would be even better, obviously. And then you also think about like the DMV, uh, uh, Delaware, Maryland, Virginia, like yeah. that has some very underrated players like that Virginia mm-hmm. Bay area. They've yeah. had some real studs come out of there. Michael Vick was from there. I mean, they've had some, they've had some ballers, Allen Iverson too, obviously not football, but I mean, they've had some studs come out of that area. So, I mean, there's a lot of opportunity for Utah to make a splash in recruiting if they were to join the ACC. And I think that that recruiting impact would be better there than it would be if they were to just go to the big 12, because also, in the Big 12, 
You say you're say you're playing in the state of Texas. Say you're trying to get a kid from the state of Texas. You still got to hour recruit Texas. You still got to hour recruit Texas Tech. You still got to hour recruit TCU now, who apparently has all the all the all the resources in the world. And I mean, there there's a lot of a lot of schools there to hour recruit, and I think that there's just more freedom and more upside in terms of recruiting in the ACC. And then it's like you look at the competition of the conferences. Like I take Clemson and Florida State over anyone in in the new Big Twelve personally. So I think that um, the upside for recruiting and the upside for just overall better wins and better competition is in the ACC. So by default, the big 12 uh, gets last. Well, first of all, tell them how you really feel, Dante. That was quite the rant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, but um, I like, I no, to. I liked it. That's what I'm saying. I liked it. I like, I think a lot of people share your Pac-12 passion. And I agree. If I was the commissioner of college football, let's say for a day, as everyone likes to, likes to say, I would agree. I would just send the teams back and then have things be the way they were. And it is unfortunate. You're right. The conference itself will still be quality football. It's un- it just is unfortunate that, look, when it comes to media and everything, right, no matter how good Notre Dame is each year, no matter how good Texas, Oklahoma, all these schools, people want to tune in to see them. So it's unfortunate that USC and UCLA are still living off that reputation, although I will say both those programs obviously coming out very strong years. Um, USC set up for a lot of success this season. UCLA might be a competitive rebuild. We'll kind of see it. Obviously, DTR is gone, but they got some exciting players still coming in, so we'll see what they're capable of. So just sucks that they have the name power that hurts the conference so much that they left, and anytime you leave a conference behind then people kind of look at that conference take it differently and negatively but i definitely agree with you that there's still some really strong programs in the pac-12 and it's going to be a lot of fun because hopefully the conference stand can stay together and i still have fingers crossed the next two weeks we'll see a media deal so we'll see how it all plays out very soon we're going to come back in a moment and talk about utah men's basketball and the disappointing weekend they had against those two california schools in usc and ucla but first i want to talk to you guys about our friends at uccu UCCU is opening a new branch in Vineyard to celebrate. UCCU is giving away a 2023 Kawasaki Terry Times 4 UTV. Vineyard is one of the fastest growing cities in the state. The new branch offers all the benefits of a UCCU branch, multiple drive-up lanes, 24-hour ATM, and UCCU's brand new interactive teller machines, or ITMs for short, which provide all the benefits of meeting with a real UCCU professional, either in the branch or right from your vehicle. It's a virtual connection to a remote teller with a highly personalized audio and video connection. So celebrate the new Vineyard UCCU branch and to win a 2023 Kawasaki Terry Times 4 UTV. Winners will be announced in April just in time for summer fun so stop by uc's new branch in vineyard conveniently located next to the megaplex theaters and top golf or enter at uccu.com you don't even have to be a member at uccu to enter and there is no purchase necessary uccu love where you bank dante it's a tough weekend for utah basketball a couple of disappointing losses but um you know neither it's i should i say disappointing but at the same time like if you had said going into the season we were going to lose to usc and ucla that's not where it was disappointing i think everyone was just kind of hopeful because of some of the signs we've seen from this team to have fun and like get some upsets on the season that maybe there was a chance they could pull one of these out unfortunately it wasn't the case um the usc loss was not close the ucla loss got close late um because of some fun theatrics but ends up falling. It's just a reminder that while Utah took a great step forward this season, I think they're currently fifth in the Pac-12 right now. They were picked to be 10th overall. So still a really strong season for Craig Smith and his team. And who knows if Raleigh Wooster and Gabe Madsen were healthy. If they don't win a couple more games, they probably would have had a chance in a couple of these that came down to the wire late. So, but that's the hard part. You got to navigate and deal with injuries. Every program does in college basketball. So a couple tough losses and just reminds you this team still needs a little bit more to go. But I think the biggest takeaway I had from these games was just Mike Saunders, man. I mean, how much fun was it to watch him get out there? He had 25 in the first game. He had 19 points in the second half against UCLA in the second game against USC. Not as productive, but still a nice eight points off the bench. And, you know, it just speaks to a bigger question, Dante. I just look, I think there's defensive concerns when it comes to Mike Saunders, and I believe that's why he didn't play. But I think some guys are talented enough where you swallow the defensive concerns and just put them out there and allow them to make plays. And 
It just, it really feels like now, look, Coach Smith knows a lot more about basketball than I do, but it feels like Mike Saunders should have been playing a lot sooner on this team. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, honestly. Um, I, we were talking about it before the show, too, and it's like college basketball, it's not like everyone on the roster is some elite player. You know, usually no. most of these teams are lucky to have two players that are extremely good scorers, extremely gifted scorers, very above average, better than the rest by a, by a, by a considerable margin. So, I mean, in, in this sport, you can risk playing a Mike Saunders for his offensive upside and risking that defensive liability, especially at this point in the season when Utah's pretty much just pretty much just grasping at straws to somehow find anything that they can do um, to make the NCAA tournament with these kind of injuries. So uh, they kind of had to throw Mike Saunders out there at that point, and it, it worked out, worked out obviously. I mean, he was all over the place against UCLA, kind of willed Utah back in that one, almost completely willed Utah back in that one, which would have been really, really spectacular to see. But unfortunately, they weren't able to get the job done. Still a really, really gutsy performance by them, though. Um, it was good to see them see them like that. And it was nice to see Craig. I mean, as, as much as it wasn't nice, it was nice to see him get a little bit emotional after yesterday's game, just because of like shows how much he really cares about this team and how much that he really wants to see Utah succeed. And I, I do really think he does. You know, we, we saw this team win four conference games last year and now they're at what, what 10 conference wins, 11 conference wins, something, something around there. So, I mean, they're playing, they're playing decent basketball. Obviously it's not as much, as great as we all, all would like it to be. But, I mean, the trajectory is definitely going up, and it's looking a lot better. You know, some exciting exciting freshmen came in this year. Will exactly didn't exactly make a huge impact, but he had some nice moments. Um, made, it, made, some nice, made, some, made some big shots down the stretch of uh, the season. And overall, I mean, it's been, a, it's been a fun roster. I mean, there are, some, there are definitely some kinks to it that need to get sorted out. But overall, um, I like what, like what I saw overall this year. And I think going into next year, it's going to be just about – the transfers, like like you were saying, with the whole Mike Saunders thing, didn't get a whole lot of playing time this year. And then you look at David Jenkins last year, didn't get a whole lot of playing time, and it just it just just kind of brings up the question, like who who is going to want to come in and, and play for play for Craig Smith's team? Because yeah. I mean, we still saw them not even use all the all the all the scholarship spots this year, and yeah. it's like, well, what, that one more player could have been really useful when you got two mm-hmm. of your starters going down um, in, in the most pivotal stretch of the season. So overall, I, I'd say this past weekend was the UCLA game was obviously great. You know, I think we were all pretty, pretty happy after that, pretty happy with the with the performance and overall just, like, the emotion that was showed there. And then USC, I mean, I, I'm so sick of Drew Peterson, man. Every time he comes to the Huntsman Center, he turns into Michael exactly. Jordan. I was I looking at it. Last year, he came to the Huntsman, was 9 for 10 and had 23 points. 9 for 10, 23 points. This is a guy that's, like, not even averaging 13 points, like, on the year, I don't think. Like, good player, but should not be doing this against Utah who supposedly has a top three uh, defense in the, in the pack 12. And then on Sunday he had 14 points, eight rebounds and seven assists. So just like a stat stuffing game. Um, he comes to Utah every year and just does it, does it every time. Um, it wouldn't shock me if he transferred to Oregon at this point, but um, regardless the game on Sunday or Saturday was a lot more disappointing than the game on Thursday was. But I think that we're both in kind of agreement that the program's heading in a good place. They're just not there yet. And I think that this offseason is going to be really telling with the, with the moves and the transactions with the players coming in and out. Yeah. And I, you mentioned the transfers too. I think one guy, I even, I just, the most forgettable play on the player on this roster. And I, I like Ben Carlson, but my gosh, like you just, you rarely hear his name called. He, he, yeah, he fights for rebounds. He does the fundamental box out. He makes the extra pass, which is nice, but he just doesn't do a ton when he's out there. It's very easy to forget about him too. So I think when transfers bring up the concerns that you had Booth Gotch come back, Dave Jenkins, Mike Saunders, these guys all come over and they didn't really prove anything. And 
Coach Smith can't really rebuttal with, oh, but Ben Carlson started for us. And then you look at Ben and you're like, yeah, but he didn't really do that much. Like, yeah, he did the little things and helped out here and there. But the guy who does the dirty work for this team that we know is Marco Anthony. And Marco Anthony is also the guy who steps up and shows up in the biggest moments too. Unfortunately, Utah is going to be losing him for next season. And that's going to be a key piece they have to replace. So it's going to be interesting to see for Utah basketball. They got the week, most of the week off till Saturday when they head up to take on Colorado. And then We'll see how it all ends with the Pac-12 tournament, but it's and then look, probably the NIT is what they're looking at at this point. Which, if you would have told us NIT, and either way, I mean, this team has already won. Now is it? I want to say six more games than they won last season. It could even be anyway. They were eleven last year, seventeen. I ain't no math major. It's a big improvement either way for Utah. So very positive step for them in the right direction. Dante, what are some of the things you have coming up with Utah? I'm just gonna be covering players mainly. I mean, obviously, we got spring ball starting up here in what a little bit more than a month, I think it is. So yeah. that'll be fun to get it get going into but for now I mean I, I was gonna I'm gonna publish a piece this week talking about just like three players on the defense that I think are gonna gonna kind of take that next step I did the same thing last year and the players all end up doing fairly well so I'm hoping this year a uh, similar similar type of thing happens definitely well make sure you guys head over to youth zone check out all the great work that Dante does over there also make sure you guys give a follow at Dante Guardi on Twitter if you guys are in the market for a second listen every day we recommend you check out the locked on college basketball podcast they get the biggest guests experts insiders coaches players all coming on there to talk all things college basketball and March is right around the corner this is the best time of year to be a college basketball fan so make sure you guys head over to locked on college basketball big thanks to Dante once again for joining us that's going to do it for today's edition of locked on Utes. but we'll see you tomorrow